Keep the cold. Talk Radio. What up, Rob? Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topics, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the fad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Yo, yo! Yo, H-H-M, man. This is episode 478, right? And we've had that theme song since, like, episode two or three, I believe. But, yo, that joint still go hard every time I hear it, man. Shout out to, first of all, shout out to up-and-coming production still all these years later because that beat, yo, that beat not. And shout out to Dirty Dame for lacing the track. The crazy part is it, about it is Dame don't know, like, nine years later, how crazy some of the stuff he said in the verse, like, how everything has kind of come to fruition since then. <laughs> Especially yeah. the Kuwait line. Shout out to Doc Bay. That's crazy. But um, yeah, let's get into it. this, man. Yeah, that, that joint crazy. But um, we're from family. Shout out to 4 from 26 and Freddie Mitchell. He made an appearance on one of our platforms this past week. <laughs> no doubt. Wolf and 26 was in the building on one of our social media platforms last week. Yo, did Ruben ever holler at him? We're going to get Freddie Mitchell on just so he could talk greasy about anybody we name. <laughs> Yo, about, we about should, anybody. We should create a Freddie Mitchell game. <laughs> just call it Talking Greasy <laughs> with FredX and just name people and just let them go greasy on them. But, yo, what up, everybody? We we we're good, you know. We just we just had to uh, we had we had to show some love, man. Like I said, 478 episodes in, um, our song still slapped like that. I know y'all were bobbing your head as it came in, but um, I'm here at the round table with my bro, Jimmy the Blueprint. Of course, you are once again live in the war room. You know the sports world this week, and I know because Jimmy and I, you know, we talked about it. We didn't really talk. We didn't give our two cents because we always, you know, we used to do that all the time. But now, you know, that we got the platform, well, that we've had it all over all these years, we try not to talk too in depth about stuff that goes on during the week because we always got to save it for Thursday at six six o'clock. But the, the the sports world for much of the week has been discussing the fatherly exploits of one LeBron James, and we're finally gonna give our two cents on that. Like we, I think Jim during the week we kind of gave and and the chats and everything, we kind of gave our opinion on maybe how we felt about the topic at at whole. Like why are, why are people still talking about this or why are people hating <laughs> on this or whatever? But we you know we got to jump in. We got to give our two cents. We're not gonna spend too much time on it because we both feel that the debate is a little bit silly. Um, but we will talk about it. So um, keep it locked. <laughs> Next two hours, if you want to get in on the conversation, you can sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. You can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Before we get started, 
always got to give some shout outs to the people in our network because you know if during the week if you're not doing anything man you're sitting at your office sitting at your desk doing nothing you can check out the war room sports podcast network you can do that at warroomsports.com or on the war room sports mobile app itunes TuneIn, stitcher spreaker blog talk anchor anywhere that you listen to podcasts you can pretty much find the war room and you can find the war room sports podcast network um, shout out to some of the, the shows on the network. Shout out to Roy and Chris of the Broad Street Line. Uh, Roy and his wife, Chanel, of John Appetit. Uh, Jimmy had the pleasure of working the, the what's it called? The Philly Podcast Festival? Yeah, Philly, Philly I Pod the name of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a, it's, a festival, it's a festival every week for Philly Podcast. We'll probably be on the joint next year, but uh, this year I had the pleasure of sitting down with uh, Roy and Chris of the Broad Street Line and... um doing a live episode, which is crazy. We had a little crowd there cheering us on, and um, a fight almost broke out about Donovan McNabb. And, um, oh, you know, so that people was, still rumbling so over him? No, always. <laughs> like, you know, it's funny how polarizing McNabb is, and that's like, you know, however many years later. But salute to those gentlemen, yeah. man. That was, I, had a, I had fun. That was fun. So salute to them. Yo, but, yo, McNabb defenders, quick, though. They get greasy. Yeah, Yo, real quick, before you finish the shout-out to the network, I want to shout-out to Tobias because he just sent us a message and said um, he realized he just realized that B. Austin's on low management tonight. So um, I find that pretty, <laughs> pretty humorous, man. So shout-out to Tobias. Yo, he out, he out on your side of the world, your side of the country, Tobias. He's not in, in, in AZ, but he out in CA. So he on the same time you on. Actually, I'll be out in California on Sunday, so I'll probably be load managing next Thursday. What, but what part of Cali are you going to? I'm going to be in Anaheim, so, you know, might check oh. out the little mouse. <laughs> going oh, to the Heim. You and them parts. Yeah, Mike Troutland, Troutland. <laughs> Go out and see what's happen, happening with the Angels, the California Angels of Anaheim, whatever they're calling themselves these days. That's a um, dumbass name. But yeah, so shout out to those guys, man. Shout out to After Further Review with the mayor. Um, just everybody on the network, man. We appreciate what y'all do. Gus Griffin, who holds down the the blog for us. Uh, shout out to him as well. We'll be we'll be talking to Gus in a matter of weeks. He's gonna come on and give you guys his his handicap NFL picks every week. He had a better year last year than he had the year before. Um, he always finishes strong, though, so at least, you know, he hasn't shout left you guys to, yet with a negative, with a sub-500. Shout, <laughs> shout out to the mayor for having a huge following, um, he, and, and I love his show because he gets on and cusses out his own uh, audience, and they cuss each other <laughs> out, and somehow it works because they sit there and cuss each other out. But I know, and, and sometimes when the mayor be cussing people out, like, it don't be nobody, like, on the phone lines or nothing. He just remember what people be saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just, yeah. <laughs> we should start doing that you know, I, I get frustrated with the stuff that happens on our social media pages. So I'm about to start just cussing people out on there for no yeah. reason. <laughs> I've seen this today. F you. But um, <laughs> shout out to all of those guys, man. All right, man. It's it's as usual, man. This is America, so it's been a crazy week. We had we got all the political stuff going on with the um. The, the Democratic debates, you know, and the 1,600 candidates they got, <laughs> and everybody's one thing. It's like nobody's going at each other. I mean, they, they're, they've gone at each other, but they're not doing it with the fervor that they used to because, like, everybody has one common 
enemy and that's Donald Trump. So they're like, mm-hmm. it seems like they want to kind of tiptoe around each other a little bit because they're so desperate to get him out. They're like, all right, well, I don't want to expose this person too much because if they end up winning the nomination, I don't want what I expose to prevent them from beating Donald Trump. So Trump got everybody shook. I know you were posting some stuff earlier about how he just let his hands go on a couple people this week. Um, Al Sharpton, yeah. shout out to him. China. Who else he let his hands go on? <laughs> Yo, dog, he can let his hands go lately on everybody. Um, Elijah Cummings, like, he 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 got twi- yo his Twitter fingers man, but yeah. you know I've never seen day, anything man, like this man. What a what a world what a time to be. But alive, I think that say. I think that I think that he could, I think that he completely has changed everything. Like a lot of us like you know think we're going to go back to a certain way, but I think that's done. Yeah. I think he's changed yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, especially if, if I mean it's it's still going to be hard to find somebody with the with the cojones. Of a Donald Trump to hold that office, but yeah, it will be. I think it'll definitely be different from the norm, but it'll meet somewhere in the middle. Like he went full extreme on it. I mean, because yeah, I, think that, I mean, he's not the first president to let his hands go, but he's the first president to let his hands go publicly. I mean, we saw some stuff this week with Reagan calling people from African country monkeys. So you know, it's not no. like we, nobody was shot, <laughs> nobody was surprised. But that's kind of the stuff. It, it proves like. All of these dudes Yo, are pretty much the same. They just the do it behind The worst part doors. about that, the worst part about that audio. Well, a couple of things. First of all, what's up with your man Nixon? Nixon just taped everything, cause I'm pretty yeah. sure he probably got some. Uh, he got some young ladies out there. He probably uh, against it against uh-huh. you know without them knowing without they. Monica Lewinsky's like, mother. Monica yeah, Lewinsky's But the thing <laughs> is, his laugh on that email, like I'm not gonna lie, it was it was like, no, I ain't gonna say that. I'm just gonna say this. His last one that email made that well that video audio rather made it absolutely worse. Although what the um, former president Reagan was saying was reprehensible, but his laugh, I'm like, yo, this is how they talk to each other. Yeah, he was so comfortable. Reagan. Reagan was like, I ain't got time for these. Yeah, that's Ronald Reagan, man. <laughs> And and Reagan's a hero to a lot of people, and I guarantee you that what came out this week is not going to change that for anybody. It don't matter. No, they 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 going to say it was the times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get into some hot topics, man. Hot topics, of course, are brought to you by my bookie. Warm. Still haven't checked out my bookie. This is a great time to get acclimated and, and start doing your thing. Um, lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. You could join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. If you guys are tired of getting that runaround from the other services or them street bets you'd be out there making, <laughs> you'd be tired of getting ass bet. <laughs> Try my bookie. If you win, they pay fast. No hassle. They're not going to Equifax you. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere oh. else. Even have in-game live betting. So you can place wages after the games even start. So join now. My book will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. <laughs> Shout out to Equifax for, for, for ass betting the whole country. 
Yeah. <laughs> How you gonna do that? How about? How you gonna do that? I know. I was, I was looking for. I was looking forward to my buck and a quarter, man. Yeah, you knew from the gate that you only had thirty-one million dollars, but you also knew from the gate when somebody say free money, it's gonna spread like wildfire. So I ain't trying to hear that. I'm, I'm cool with a cutoff. Like, give me, give me, a, give me my buck and a quarter, and whoever came after us, <laughs> too late. Like, yeah, I don't, where, I don't where's want my no buck check and a quarter? Hey, Trevor, I don't want no no check for thirteen cents. Or like somebody said today, I mean, if you're not gonna give me my one twenty five, you can give me one hundred and twenty five points on that credit score. <laughs> Try to have that. <laughs> Try to have that uh, that caucus mountain credit score. Um. Anyway, uh, sad news in in the sports world. Pro Football Hall of Famer Nick Bonacani dies at age seventy eight. Uh, the the undersized linebacker for the the Miami Dolphins. I'm not even going to front like I was around and see Nick Bonacani play. His claim to fame to me is on HBO on the original Inside the NFL. They used to be one of my favorite shows uh, weekly. Um, I, I've tried to watch the, the more recent version of it. And it's a little bit more difficult. I don't know if it's the show or, you know, people just change over the years. I don't be trying to watch <laughs> no, that. No, I, th- I think that show, I think that show was what it was because at the time there wasn't 24 seven news cycle. And right. that was like, right. it wasn't that much. So like, if you love, if you love like football back in the day, there was only so many platforms you can go to get entertained about it. Now with so much, you know, with, with 24-7 news cycles and with <laughs> social media, you know everything already. Like, this doesn't, it doesn't hit the same. That's true. Back then, all you had was um, Chris Berman and Doodle Lips, you know, doing the rundown, the highlight package after the games. So then you waited till was it Thursday, I think, for Inside the NFL to come on, and they put, like, a dramatic spin mm-hmm. on all their highlights. They all had music. Yeah slow motion and all that kind of stuff. So it was dramatic as hell. But like, yeah, I, you definitely got a point there. Now you get music, slow motion, all that on Twitter five minutes after the game or during the game. So it's really like no highlights that you haven't seen because highlights are everywhere now. But back then, like I said, mm-hmm. for most of us, it was just two places you can get them. ESPN right after the games and then, Inside the NFL, you couldn't wait to see your team on Inside the NFL. Yo, um, these days, right? You get highlights mm-hmm. as they happen on someone's IG story. Like, right. I wonder how much, like, how much money do they they make like that? Like, each person, if you have a smartphone, you're a media company at this point. Yo, but we be putting you on demand with that. Something happened. We're like, yo, yeah. Jim, we need that <laughs> gift card. We need that. I still yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's 2019. Yeah, yeah. It's a gift for gift. Listen, the yeah. internet, man. Internet, internet, man, is something that's going to be studied for the rest of our lives. Like, because there's a lot of good and a lot of bad that came with it. But you know, right? Gift and the is. curse, no doubt. <laughs> it's definitely the gift and the curse. All right, so um, you know, rest in peace to Nick Bonacani, um, who dies at age 78. Um, speaking of highlights, man, there's been yeah, it, th- yeah, with. This just goes to your point, man, because I'm about to talk about a damn pickup game on a national <laughs> Internet show. I'm about to talk about a pickup game because they got highlights of pickup games now. This is like the third version of highlights um, showing Ben Simmons playing in a pickup game this summer 
where he's actually taking and stroking jump shots. Um, did you see this this last one? I did. And now, the crazy part is, this like, is one of the know, things. He's taking, oh, go ahead. He, he's taking shots that he wouldn't normally take in the course of a season, but it's starting right. to scare me because a couple of those shots were just bad shots. And I'm like, right, if he starts right, tripping ben. like that. <laughs> yeah, Ben gonna start tripping and just letting his hand like, oh y'all ain't want me to, oh y'all wanted me to shoot these last couple of years, I'm gonna make up for it. I feel like Ben gonna Yo, it's a lot make of, up for it in one season. There's a lot of one legged fall to the side, not even fadeaways, fall to the side jump shots off the dribble. Yeah, he have to, like, he have to get his dirk on, and it looks stupid because he left handed. Right, and that's one thing somebody because when we posted it on the on our Facebook page, somebody noticed that they were like, you know, this is all good and all, but I haven't seen one shot where he squares up to the basket and, you know, actually shoots a textbook jump shot. I'm like, look, man, yeah, this is what y'all asked for. I don't even, I don't know if it's ever going to be like that. I think he's going to do what he's comfortable in doing. And I don't think that's ever going to be what he's comfortable with doing. Um, But it's crazy how, you know, we talk about the internet being the gift and the curse, why is everybody on the internet so evil? Like a lot of things I post on our Facebook page, I post if I don't tell you or B Austin or anybody like personally before I do it, I'm thinking in my head, all right, I'm gonna post this now. Watch this, watch out, watch all the hate come out. Man, you post that. This is what everybody who's hating asked him to do. Because you know me, I'm not like I don't think that whole jump shot deficiency is the biggest deal in the world like everybody else makes it with ben, with Ben Simmons. But the same people who do, as soon as she shows some progress, then they got like negative stuff to say about that. Ah, he in the gym, he in a high school gym. Somebody said they can't take the video seriously because it was an East Bay poster on the wall. <laughs> Somebody else said, oh, get better playing against inferior competition. Yo, just because they were in a like a high school looking gym or a rec center doesn't mean like if you look on the court, everybody on the court was NBA, you know, talent. A jump one shot of a jump NBA shot, but big baby. Yo, people saying that one thing the one thing I negative. The one thing I recognize is the internet is a the internet is a hateful place, man. I told Yo, you when it, when, I, it? when I stopped questioning that, I stopped questioning that when I saw someone give a shout out to their mother and people came on that status hating. Like you ain't shot your dad out there. I'm like, yo <laughs> boy was like, yo, you know what I mean? Love my mom. She always been there for me. Just wanna, you know, give my mom a shout out and people came it's on that like, status hating. Right now, then. I'm like, yo, you hate right on now. that. If you hate on that, you hate on anything, man. So, you know that's just Straight the world we live in, man. It's a, it's, hateful it's place, ridiculous. Man. Yo, this is what y'all asked for. So nobody, when he, when he, you know, showing some progress, nobody say, okay, okay, Ben, that's, that's, that's what we wanted you to do. Just start doing that in the game. Get your confidence up. You know, everybody just took aim yeah. at the dude. Man. Talked about the gym he was playing in. Talked about the competition he was playing against. Yo, I saw, I saw Mike Beasley in this one. Because remember the other one, he was playing with Devin Booker. He was playing with uh, Andrew Wiggins, a couple other dudes. On the other mm-hmm. one, I saw his brother-in-law, Tristan Thompson, in that video, and, and you know, some <laughs> more people. This one, I saw one of the Harrison twins. I saw a dude who looked like Kyrie, but I don't think it was Kyrie. Um, Big Baby was there, former NBA player. 
Uh, I said Mike Beasley. Um, Julius Randle yeah. was there. Uh, Rodney Hood was there. So I'm like, all right. So I wanted to ask him, like, what do you mean inferior competition? These are NBA players. But then you don't want to ask people because you don't want to get roped in the stupid-ass conversations on the Internet. Because once yeah. you tell them that, nobody's going to say, oh, my bad. I didn't notice it was those dudes. They're going to dig deeper. So it's like, you just got to let it go. <laughs> yeah, you got to let people yeah. say what you're gonna say because nobody, like my yeah, bad that, is just that, no longer that, a term. That takes that takes the the. Uh, it took me a long time to get there, but that's the most difficult thing to learn in this climate is just to let let people be stupid. Because right, you know, right. part of you because it's hard, correct you know, especially for me. <laughs> you know, I've always like it's hard for me to let yeah, anything yeah. go unchecked to the point yeah, where you know yeah, a lot of so, people think I'm an asshole for it, but. Now I'm yeah. I'm learning. I, like you just can't. Yeah, but you have to. That, that that's the more the difficult thing. But that's what you got to understand that it don't even matter. Like people don't care about the facts; they care about their feelings. <laughs> so they they feel like it ain't about their trash. It don't matter who's out there. That's and, and that's my that's my saying that, that what you used to say. Um, shout out to the homie Court. He posts like crazy memes on the page, and people will come on and start arguing with him. And I'm like, yo, why, you know. What are y'all mad about, man? Let's not let facts get in the way of a good meme. <laughs> let's just let let's let the meme yeah. gods do what they do, and let's not yeah. let the facts get in the way of a good meme. Yo, but I, you know, shout court, out to court, Ben court, man, for working. So shout to Court too. I know Court listens to all our show. Court Court is the equivalent of um, like gangster rap. Like he'll he'll put that stuff out there. And Court, to be honest with you, a lot of the stuff is trash. Like there's more than three athletes that ever existed. But yeah, I tell him that all the time. To the people that <laughs> complain about it, stop commenting. Like literally. Yeah. Like, no, no. And and he says that to like, me, right? I tell him I don't really have that luxury. Like our whole thing and you know, me yeah. being in charge of that social media, you know, Jimmy got the, the, the Instagram and back when Twitter mm-hmm. was popping, you know, you did most of that. Facebook has always kind of been my thing and my whole our whole thing with the Facebook page was, at least back then, like we gotta we want to engage our our supporters. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Back then it was easier because you know our page had a couple thousand at the most, you know, and even before that when it was just a couple hundred, it was easy to engage and kind of know everybody. Now mm-hmm. it's grown. We have so many people. Sometimes it's just not worth it because with growth comes like the masses movement and all the people that was kind of the the anti-war room when we started because we started this whole thing to be different than what you see on TV, to be different from the the group think that you see every day on the internet. Now that started to pour its way in. So it's like the page, I'm telling you, I lose brain cells every time. And and Court's like, well, if you don't like my post, why you keep saying stuff? Because I'm trying to live by the guidelines that That we set forth. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to be engaging. And a lot of times I don't even comment on the actual topic. I'll just I'll just read through the comments and I'll be checking people on little stuff that they're saying that's lies instead of talking about yeah. the whole topic. Like I said, I'm just there to be an asshole. And shout out to our <laughs> uh, shout out to our followers though, because we have like, you know, um, a nice little following that uh you know, kind of supports us and we appreciate all of them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So we have like a core yeah. we have people that have been rocking with us for years. Literally a decade at this point because we were podcasting before 
podding was actually popular. We were podcasting. It was like 10 of us. Um, <laughs> we, almost, we, were approaching, we were approaching episode 500, for Christ's sakes. But, um, so and Jimmy ain't, that, talking man, about, he ain't talking about 10 podcasts. He's talking about 10 people, and five of them was on our show. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was us five and then five other dudes. Yo, shout out to Ball Control Radio, man, because they they was out here rocking with us, the Broad Street Line and Ball Control Radio. But at the same time, mm-hmm. man, like you know, when it comes to arguments online, man, you gotta, man, it's it's difficult to do. But the one thing I always uh, keep in mind, because like you said, I'm on IG and it's the same nonsense over there. But the one thing I always keep in mind is like. It could be worse. We could be a political show. Then imagine the kind of brain cells you would lose and the kind of anger you would have. Because oh listen, listen, I'm right now, um, right <laughs> statistically speaking, so here's the crazy part, right? So because we're in the podcast business, I, I do a lot of research on podcasts and stuff. Right now, throughout through news, podcast, any sort of media outlet, um, political uh, commentary and news is having like the best, the best. <laughs> the best years ever. So the one thing that a uh, 45 is good for is talk. But I could not imagine if we had like um, our media platform was political, politically based. Regardless of how you feel about 45, regardless of whether you're liberal or conservative, that doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is each side would gets on each other's nerves, and I know that. And I couldn't imagine if we had that kind of platform because we probably would have we probably would have stopped by now. No, no, yeah, we would have quit. We could quit. I yeah, mean, because so, this so <laughs> sports for us has always been a labor of love, and we used to say that a lot when we first started. That's before we, you know, made any money. That that was that was that disclaimer. Like, if we never make a dime, you know, we love this. Yeah. <laughs> at at like, but you know, seriously, when I when I'm feeling like I have to engage the the page, like those are the days that make me fall a little bit out of love for sports. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry to say but that. You know what but, though? It's, it's difficult, but like Jimmy said, we do appreciate. It. We appreciate the traffic. We appreciate, you know, the engagement. It's just some of y'all be tripping. And a lot of it, though, it's like, you know, I guess I guess LeBron is the Donald Trump of the NBA, but, you know, we'll talk about his situation in a little bit. But, yo, it's, it, I get it, though, but, like, yo, what happens when he finally hangs him up, right? He's on the, he's on the back end of his career, has to be. Like, this will be interesting for me to see the transition, right? Because I guess he's the first guy of his caliber in the social media age, right? Even when Mike Mike mm-hmm. Mike has a fan base that this is crazy, but they didn't live during the social media age. Mm-hmm. So even though they try to argue Mike, it's a little it's still a little different. So I wonder, like, do they just jump on someone else? Like, is, is, is I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see how this whole thing happens if we get a new star. Because the thing about the game well, of basketball is all bigger than one person, so somebody will emerge. He's gonna he's gonna live on though because of you know because he is the the first real star of the social media age because Mike didn't have social media age and you still talk about how crazy his fans are like his old heads on the joint talking crazy about Mike right now like I find myself kind of defending his legacy a little bit and you know like me I kind of like everybody but like it's gotten so disrespectful. And I never understand why you have to hate somebody to like somebody else. So it's like, we can praise LeBron until the cows come home, but why do we have to tear down Michael Jordan and everybody else to do so? I think their accomplishments all stand on their own merit. 
But that's something I'll never understand, but it's something that will never stop being, you know, a thing. That's what people, everybody feel like they got to pick sides. I'm like, okay. Uh, Y'all picking sides and I'm like, y'all, man, I'm teaming up. I'm playing with all of them. Um, But anyway, man, (laughs) all this to say, shout out to Ben Simmons for trying to improve himself, for hearing the criticism. I just hope that this doesn't turn into somebody because what I have respected about him through all of the vitriol, through all of the criticism, he still stayed in his lane. He never went out in NBA games forcing up jump shots because everybody said he couldn't shoot or he was scared to take them. He stayed in his lane. So even if he develops a, you know, a semblance of a jump shot, I still hope he stays his lane. He's even inconsistent in attacking, but attacking is what made him good. If he just keeps attacking the rim – and using that at times to, you know, so the defense won't totally disrespect him in the half court, then that's fine. But if he goes all out of character and he becomes this dude, and I see it every day in, in gyms, man, is how, is how it is with the youth, man, and the teenagers. I sat at a three-on-three game yesterday. I was actually going to play. I actually called next. Old heads. It was a bunch of teenagers. Three on three. I'm not lying to y'all. I'm not exaggerating when I say there was about 150 three-pointers taken in this three on three. And (laughs) had to be somewhere between 10 and 14, 15 that actually went in. And at least eight of them was by the only female player there. Probably the only one of the six that could actually play ball. It was so bad that that I forfeited my next. I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I'm already out of shape. So what do I look like on my mission to get back in shape playing with, like, the five stooges and the girl? (laughs) And and like I said, there's no exaggeration, Jimmy, when I say 150. So that tells you how long this game probably was because I don't even know what it went to. But if you got time to jack up that many threes and miss that many threes and but when I left, when I had forfeited my neck and turned around and went back down the other end of the gym to watch my son work out, I probably have been standing there for like 35 minutes. I've never been in a three-on-three that lasted 35 minutes. I've played in like six million hoop-it-up tournaments. Never been Yo, in a three-on-three yeah. that lasted 35-plus minutes. Yeah, they're drawing. Blame yeah, they are. So I say that to say this. I hope Ben Simmons doesn't fall into what today's youth do and just jack up shots that they can't really shoot because that's all they see on TV. So I hope he still stays in his lane to an extent, but take the shots that you have to take, the shots that are given to you. Um, (laughs) We'll see. But speaking of somebody who can shoot, Trey Young, um, there's reports that he's gained 12 to 16 pounds of muscle, and he plans to work with Kobe in August after Team USA uh, activities on his mid-range game. So, you know, your man Trey trying to take over the league or what? <laughs> Trey TL, baby. Listen, Yo. man, I don't, I don't want to put too much stock into uh, summer league games, right? But first of all, when he started last year, he started off kind of slow. Once he you know, got with the speed of the game and everything, he was just as dominant as anybody. Um, just a confidence thing. <laughs> got his confidence up. Yeah, in the second half of the season, then I'm watching him in the summer league clips because 
I got to stay off IG like everybody else. But them, but them summer league clips came out, and he was out there Drew giving out all kinds of work. He looked like young Steph out there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and that's the thing, because he has a pretty, I don't even call it pretty decent. He has a nice handle. He can get to the rack. They said something like uh, 65% of his shots this past season were either uh, 3 to 10 feet away from the basket or uh, three-pointers. So they said mm-hmm. he was slightly above average um, from 3 to 10 feet, but he has an excellent floater, which allowed him to hit 44.8% of his attempts between 10 and 16 feet. So his floater was basically his only semblance of a mid-range game. So now he's going to get with Kobe and try to work on that. He can be deadly like that because, like I say, he has the handle to get past anybody. And if he starts working on his pull-up game from mid-range, he'll have, like, so many ways to score out on the floor, even though analytics tell us, well, the three-point shot or the layup are the best things that you could possibly get. But to have that all around, you know, to have that mid-range in your game, man, is, is, is deadly. That's There's crazy some to hear you say that. Because <laughs> well, um, I'm currently reading I'm out. Yeah, because I'm currently reading, like, the book of basketball, um, which is long. It's all get out. Oh, my God. It's it's worse than the Bill Simmons book. Like, this book is, is long. Put it like this. You saw uh, the ESPN I thought that's documentary. what you were talking about. I was about to say, I've been reading that book no, no, for, no, like, no. a decade. No, no, no. It's, 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 one, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's one by Jackie McMullen, but the one that the ESPN documentary oh, okay. was made about. Okay. That, okay. Book is, that book is, like, yo. But anyway, um. But his interviews with pretty much everybody throughout the history of basketball. If you saw the documentary series on ESPN, you know how detailed they get. But the book even has more than that. And they were describing in the book, talking to different players about uh, Elgin Baylor and talking about he was the first person to kind of like perfect somewhat of like a floater and a pull-up jump shot because he was so fast that he would like, you know, but he was the first person to learn how to, you know, cross over and go straight away so fast and just pull up. And there's nothing you could do to stop it because – He's so athletic that you couldn't keep up with him. But then when he pull up, you like either chasing him or trying to stay in front right. of him. And the pull up, you can't get up in time. But you know, it's just crazy to hear that uh, Trey T L is like because the thing is, he's 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 a short guy. But if you can perfect that, like you said, that gives him so many so many tools in a toolbox. It's gonna be crazy to watch him play. It's kind of like um, Devin Booker, right? Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is good at that. And until today, I was looking at something today. I didn't realize just the num- the numbers that Devin Booker puts up. Yeah, like Devin Booker crazy, averages man. more points, assists, and rebounds than a lot of the best guards in the league. I'm talking about his numbers are better than Dane's, Kyrie's. Like a lot of the best guards in the league, you put their numbers up against Devin Booker, and you're like, yo. And that's the thing when you play for a team that's in the a franchise that's you know in the in the the slump that Phoenix is in right now is like, you know, a dude is good, but you won't give him his full props because he's not really doing anything towards winning. And that might not be his fault. So, you know, we had a lot of people like that back in it. I think at some point in his career, not the whole time, but maybe like when rich Mitch Richmond was in Sacramento, people forgot how good Richmond was. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So that kind of thing. Yeah, like because yeah, Phoenix, you, you can kind of get stuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, Phoenix, they, like the, they be looking like the independent pirates, but that's even here or there. 
Uh, shout out to those mother. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yo, did you? By the way, did you finish that? Yes, I did, man. Yes, I did, man. Yeah. I yo, I thought it was gonna go that way, but I was just talking. Yeah, my man ended up. Yeah, he gone. So we ain't gonna see them no more because yeah. they're not gonna go back and do the show with the corny black dude as the coach. Not at all. Like, what's the allure? But with, you know the crazy part about there's a couple things that are crazy about the show, right? As I'm, I don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about Last Chance You on Netflix. Oh, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Last Chance You on Netflix. What's interesting to me watching that is, and I guess I watch too many damn Disney movies, but whole time I'm watching, I'm waiting for things to turn around and it'll be some sort of happy ending. This is real life, yeah. <laughs> so Netflix, Netflix does an amazing job with like you know the cinematography and, the, and their music to make you feel like something's gonna happen, even though right. no, it's real <laughs> life. Though. And then the interception comes. Like, damn, I thought they was about to come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and Malik Henry, though, I gotta say something about Malik Henry. Malik Henry clearly has like the fun. You watch his like all. Um, the way he he's plays, talented, he looks man. like he could play at the next level. He's talented, right. but he's such a douchebag for one. He, <laughs> you know, he reminds me of like he reminds me of like Ray John Rondo, right? Ray John Rondo, when you watch him play, can pretty much do everything with you know, he can't shoot, but he shoots good enough. But you know, people just hate him. People do not like yeah. you. Like <laughs> some people in the league and his ex team they just like you gotta be such an a hole when you're that talented basketball wise. And that's that's how I feel about the ball. But anyway, man, it's another excellent season to me. I don't know where it goes from here. Um, they need to do like a last chance you basketball version, a JUCO basketball program. That would be absolutely fine. No, that'll be hot. That'll be hot. Uh, yeah, I'm, but, yeah. You know. we're gonna write them, and then we're gonna have them on the show, so the idea can be birthed right here on the war room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. Basketball. Yeah, that that joint that season definitely went left. Like they were in episode one talking about winning the national championship. And yo, then I thought the boy you know, Jay was about to be the nicest dude ever. I'm like, yo, he's about yo, to be nice. Jay worse than your man. What was it from the other college that they used to chronicle? That yeah, um that yeah, transferred yeah. and ended up being a receiver or something. Yeah, yeah. But Jay like, he yo, he was always both. down in the south, so my man was like at the yo, the towards the end, he's like, Yo, I'm trash. I ain't nothing. I'm garbage. I'm like, yo. <laughs> How you, like, how you supposed to lead a team? Yeah, white boy broke them down to the <laughs> to the you white people. Supposed to lead a team, though. <laughs> you know, he went in like he see like when I first saw him, I'm like, all right, this dude seemed kind of cocky. Let's see if he nice. Like you said, by the by the eighth episode, <laughs> it was like I'm you know, garbage. His teammate, man. right? His teammate, like, no, it's, it's the circumstances. You are, you can play the game. No, I can't. I'm trash. <laughs> Yo, and then. On the little credits at the end when they were doing the little stories, they said he was looking to transfer and he was telling coaches that he wouldn't mind a switch to receiver. So he didn't totally gave up on his dreams. Yeah, he gave okay. up. Malik, he he's still up. going out to Division One schools. He's supposed to be battling for a starting spot at Nevada. So I'll, um, I'll ask Fred Purdue. You know, he he know random stuff about college football. Now, see how that's going to from this whole season, man, it's like, yo, the whole student athlete thing is a joke, though. It was it was cringeworthy watching them trying to like, like you know, perform in a classroom. It was almost embarrassing. I'm like, come on, cuz, yeah. come on, cuz. Yeah, it, you know, we we've known we've known for a long time, especially for the the highest 
earning sports. It's, it's a joke. People go to these schools to play their sport. Once their sport is over, <laughs> they don't even they, they don't know the smell of an inside of a classroom. Um, the crazy part though is, is this: like you have to do well because a lot of their aspirations are to go to a Division One school. So you can't be at a JUCO treating it like you're at a Division One school. Uh, you got to go all out, do that stuff when you get yeah. there. But yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It, it it definitely took a turn. It went left. All right, so let's let's take some calls real quick. Uh, we got to keep these quick tonight, fellas. We can't be on these ten minute calls. We're gonna go out to Cali first. We got. Rob on the line. Rob, what's going on, man? Hello, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yo, what's up, man? It's your boy Rob, aka Slip and Slide. How y'all doing, man? Good, good, what's good. Up? How are you? Yo, I'm good, man. Yo, the debate last night was crazy. Um, yo, shout out to Tulsi Gabbard, man. She's my new sugar mama, you know what I'm saying? Yo. She took yo yo man. She took a bite at Kamala Kamala Harris behind. She took Kamala Harris weave off. You know what I'm saying? And yo exposed the realness. That's yo man. It was like it was funky on that stage because everybody's dirty laundry was aired out. Man, it was it was it was it was was bonkers. Yeah, it was. But I still like we said in the open. I still I still get the. To me, it seems like they're not going as hard as they would. If there was other circumstances in this presidential race, I think it could get much nastier than what it got last night. All right, but what you got on the sports? All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. First thing first, I I I just I just want to say this, and I wish the Austin was here because he's probably gonna hear this. I am not a, I am no longer a McNabb defender anymore. He doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I respect that for everything he did. And if, if, if y'all know me for years, you know, me and B. Austin, me and, and, and Dev go back and forth with the uh, – So um, what, is, what has he done to make you about face like this? What has he done since he stopped being half decent on the it's field? Not, it's, it's, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. It's not what he done. It's what the Philadelphia Eagles did was win the Super Bowl. That's it. That's it. That's it for me. That's Dang. it. So, that's it. They that's, that's it. They just erased your boy. I mean, I mean, because he was one of the closest ones who ever did it. Cunningham never won, never won a playoff game. Probably won. Uh, Ron Jarowski's trash. Um, nobody ever Man, done. Called, uh, called Ronda Trump. Rousey. You meant Jaworski. But Ron Jaworski played in as many Super Bowls as Donovan McNabb. Well, Roger Rossi has Roger Rossi. Has he left the NFL in passing yards? Oh, who would you take, Roger Rossi or or, or, or Roger Starbucks? Roger Rossi or Roger Starbucks? Yo, I don't know either of the dudes you just. I don't know either of the dudes you just. They call him Roger Rossi. I can't. See, but you just you just introducing new stuff to the guy. I didn't say I would take Roger Jaworski over uh, over Starbucks, but um. <laughs> Whatever you call me. But um Roger Starbucks. Starbucks, man. Starbucks. Not Starbucks. Anyway, Starbucks. that's besides it. We know what you're Starbucks. talking about. 
I never said that. And I don't even know. I don't even know why his name just jumped out of nowhere. We talking about Eagles quarterbacks, and I was only well, making note of you said you said this nice stuff about everybody. Then you said, you know, you said McNabb was the closest one to win a Super Bowl. Then you said some nice stuff about Randall, but he never got it done. And then you just said Ron Jaworski was trash, but he got just as far as as Donovan McNabb. Maybe not, you know, as many <laughs> times, but like as much as people celebrate how many times we went to the NFC championship, like that's excruciating for me. Like, well, it was before we got a Super Bowl. Like, so like what people look at as celebratory, like those are bad memories for me. Like there's nothing for me to celebrate. Oh, we made it to the NFC chip five, five times. Like, and you have no Super Bowls to show for it. So why do we still celebrate that? And another mistake that y'all make in this conversation is that y'all are saying one name when y'all talk about all of this stuff. None of these quarterbacks yeah. did anything by themselves. So it's not like, you know. I mean, but the thing about the Eagles team, and this is and this is sad, but it is one argument that, that uh, B. Austin brought up, and I think he did, but is that our – Basically, our defense carried us to the NFC Championship game. Our offense was all right. It was not explosive. We didn't have no receivers other than T.O. And then Deshaun the Jackson. That's the time I heard some of y'all admit that. Because y'all used to run around here talking like McNabb used to carry the team. I guess y'all, you know, you're getting I mean, a little wiser I mean, in your old age. I mean, he had any offensive weapons. I mean, he had what? He had, I mean, was a good He hat. had arguably the best offensive line in football, and that's the best weapon you can have. Stop with the excuses, dude. Yeah, what who weapons did Tom Brady have? What weapons did Tom Brady have in his first three Super Bowl wins? He had Manny Moore and Jack at the wide receiver position. He he so had whole, he, he had he that's a good point. You're comparing a Hall of Famer to McNabb. Well, they compared him throughout their whole careers until McNabb couldn't stay in the league. He got paid like like Brady uh, and Manning while they were in the league. Why can't uh, they, he be compared Rob, to his contemporaries to, if Rob, I thought he was that good? Rob, I you want to play a god, a god, Tom Brady, and and Peyton Manning. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah I said that. Wait, 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 for a second. Here's the truth about McNabb. He's not as good as, as some people believe he is, but he's not as bad as others. He's somewhere in the middle. He's an average quarterback. There's nothing wrong with not him. As bad as, I mean, he played not as bad as B. Austin make him out to be. Yeah, he's not as bad as B. Austin makes him out to be, but he's not as good as you made him out to be in the past as well. It's like he's somewhere in the middle. He's a pretty good quarterback. You know what I mean? He's a serviceable guy. I mean, you know, he, he's okay. I mean, that's just what it is. He's you know, or oh, I, I, I do, I, I, I do want to hear something else because I want to talk about McNabb anymore. I do want to hear something else. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, I, I never do, man. Come on. Uh, what, what is it gonna? Uh, what can can Andrew Luck and the Colts win the big one? And do you think uh, Andrew Luck will be like? Uh, one of the one of the legends that just never win one, like you could say, like the Carmelo Anthony of the of the NFL or the Charles Barkley of the NFL. I mean, that's possible. I've I've never thought that the the Colts front office were really that good in putting players around 
you know, they're quarterbacks. They're a spoiled franchise, you know, kind of like Green Bay. You get to move on from one Hall of Fame quarterback to possibly another Hall of Fame quarterback um, if he can keep playing like this. But they've always put the team together where they're worrying about stuff like fans. That stuff that y'all y'all be talking about, talking about receivers and weapons and all that, and not worried about the guys up front who actually make the game go. And then you know, he well, or Peyton Manning never really had a defense worth his salt. But you saw when the Colts' defense got on a nice little run in the playoffs, you saw what ended up happening. You know what I'm saying? They they ended up picking up Peyton Manning in a in a Super Bowl game where he didn't play lights out. He's played lights out all those years, but the defense was trash. And the defense got on a little run, they turned into a Super Bowl team. And it didn't last long because they were back to being asked as a defense the next year. But, yeah, I, I don't think the That's Colts true. front office, man, are very good at what they do because, they, to me, they put teams together like fans. <laughs> They're worrying about receivers and this and that. So he got this speed on the edge and he got this and he got that. But he ain't got no damn body to block for him. He got nobody on the other side that's going to stop the other team. So it's going to be difficult. But, you know, they've surprised us before with how far they've advanced. Um, You know, his rookie year, he came into a two-win team. And, you know, they made a little playoff run. Last season, I don't think anybody expected them to be in the playoffs. So they'll be in the mix. And once you're in the mix, you never know what happens, especially – when, if, and when the Patriots fall off, it's pretty much going to be wide open in the AFC. This is true. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, cause um, yeah, yeah, you're right, cause I, I always thought he was a lot, 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 lot. He, yeah, you just said all. Yeah, yeah, good front office. And, and I do want to touch on this too. Hurry up, man! And, we gotta go. I do want to touch on this too. Yeah, damn. Uh, let me see, Lakers or Eagles? Lakers or Eagles? Uh, okay, football. So let's talk about the Eagles real quick. Uh, the Eagles real quick. Yeah. I really don't. Okay, 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 okay. I'll put the Eagles on the backside. Okay, okay. Well, LeBron James and uh and Anthony Davis, right? Uh, I I understand that Frank Vogel is a good defensive coach, but defensive coaching. Like Tom Thibodeau has doesn't always never equals really championships. And some may argue that Tom Thibodeau's come comes from like the Doc Rivers school of hard knocks. So, you know that, yeah, but he's not Doc Rivers. I, I I was wondering what system could be good that 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 fits both of really that gets the big man in his hands. Because first of all, he ain't gonna put they ain't gonna put him on a perimeter because that's what he was doing in New Orleans and that didn't get and that didn't do so well. Like his numbers went down and he was taking three shots and made no sense. And two, like, do you think it's a disservice to LeBron not really having a Hall of Fame coach, like Isaiah Thomas always says, like because he never really had a coach to real never never really have anybody yeah, to build like I, a I kind of think thing. that's an excuse. Um, I kind of think with LeBron, like certain players, you can't have that kind of coach. You know what I'm saying? Any coach that had a semblance of power, LeBron pretty much got him up out of there. You know what I'm saying? Paul <laughs> Silas, we thought he was a disciplinary and he didn't take no stuff. LeBron got him up out of there. Like Pat Riley wanted his guy, who's a pretty good coach. And um, Spolstra 
LeBron had problems with him when that whole thing first started, but Pat Riley wouldn't bow down to, you know, what they wanted. Some personalities, I think, are too big for those kind of deals. And it's good for LeBron, though, because because he doesn't have that kind of coach. We never have to hear stories of, well, LeBron was uncoachable, you know, the, the stuff that Phil Jackson used to write about Kobe. You don't have to write about yeah. that when the coach is thankful to be coaching LeBron <laughs> well, because he probably wouldn't be much without him. So a couple ways I think to look it's at it, right? So when Phil Jackson became a coach, he wasn't Phil Jackson. It was his experience with the Bulls and Mike that led him to become who he was by the time he took his talents to L.A. and made that team a championship team. But they kind of grew together is my point. And that's what I right. thought LeBron was going to do with his guy, uh, Teron Lou. Because Teron Lou wasn't right. a terrible coach. I, he had, he had, or, you know, or he could have done that with Spolster, Jimmy, but LeBron don't stay put long enough for that. So people <laughs> but always... that's the problem. The league is different now. Cats move every 12 months, yeah. so it was like a little different now. It's hard to, like, you know, grow with someone, Pauls. But I thought that's what was going to happen. Um, I'm trying right. to figure out what LeBron means by his most recent tweet, though. LeBron put out a tweet um, a couple minutes ago. I don't know if you guys saw this. It says, all right, all right, enough is enough. The throne has been played with too much, and I ain't for the horseplay. Ether coming soon. Hashtag James Gang. I don't know what he's talking about or who he's talking to. He he going on but, like what Greeny been saying because I know he he might be referencing this, but there was like a poll that came out where people like LeBron got zero votes for being the best player in the league, and Greeny was like he feel like that's disrespectful to LeBron to not get any votes, and he has a feeling that LeBron is going to go medieval on the league. Um, this upcoming season, so LeBron might be playing right into that. I mean, I think he's okay. having a great season too, health permitting. Um, and we always talk about how durable he is. You know, this season being the first extended absence from an injury, really in his entire career. But well, you can't count on durability all the time. Dude's gonna be thirty-five soon, so Yo, he may have been durable up to this point. LeBron, the, uh, you used the wrong two. It should be T O O. You put T O, and that's all I want to say. <laughs> all right, Rob, we got to wrap up, though, man. So we wrap to you next week, good brother. All right. Oh, all right. Oh, 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 oh. Peace. All right, let's go to Tobias. We got Tobias waiting out in Arizona. I know he upset. <laughs> Tobias, what up? Oh, he hung up. <laughs> he really upset. <laughs> Damn Tobias, Tobias how you gonna cuss us out? Then we bring you on, you hang up, man. Come on, man. <laughs> he bang. All right, well anyway, until he calls back in. Um Um, I know Carmelo's name came up in that last segment. Pundits have been de- debating that this week as well. Because Carmelo Anthony's trainer says that Car- Carmelo Anthony deserves a farewell tour, kind of like Dwayne Wade, <clears throat> excuse me, Dirk, Kobe, and to go farther Why? back than that, you know, yeah, like Doc, um, like that ring. Do you think, Jimmy, that Carmelo Anthony deserves a farewell tour in the NBA? No, absolutely not. No disrespect, because Melo was one of my favorite guys, Paul. Right. But that, and when I, I came up, that was reserved for like, not even great players. That was reserved for icons. When I came up, Kareem, 
Magic Bird and Doc were the only ones to get one. Guys like Dominique Wilkins didn't get a farewell tour. You know what I'm saying? Guys like Kevin McHale didn't get a farewell tour. Like even the great players didn't get it. That was reserved for Dominique Wilkins. That was re- yeah, that was reserved for the table of gods. Like Kareem, Magic Bird, and Doc were the only cats that got the full fit. Barkley didn't get a farewell tour. Like it was, it was well, those guys. To be fair, so was statues of these days. You get a yeah, statue and that's my for- point. For, for, for signing somewhere, and statues and murals. <laughs> so in today's day and age, that's probably the only reason that it's even a conversation. I agree with you. I mean, I don't even like you know. I don't even think about farewell tours. Like, who really cares? But, but you know, when you think back, you know what you're saying is true. Like, it was it was something revert, reserved for legends. Like, I remember seeing you know Doc go to different places that used to be hated rivals and. You know, they gave him wheelchairs and not wheelchairs, yeah. rocking chairs and all kinds of gifts and stuff like that. Like, yeah, everybody doesn't deserve that. Just like you, Carmelo Anthony, you know, he's one of my favorite players. But I don't think he's done enough in the pantheon of the NBA to have that kind of – I mean, you have to respect yeah. him, but – New York should do something for him. Denver should like, do something like, for him. And then that's probably where the line needs to be. Did a farewell tour? I mean, did you make, <laughs> did you make the argument that Stat? Did you make the argument that Stat had a better career than Carmelo? I wouldn't, but <laughs> but Stat has had a way better career than a lot of people will, you know, remember at this point. Because when people leave and circumstances and injuries and just falling off like that. People forget. <laughs> People forget real quick, but yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think first of all, Melo got to get on a damn team. <laughs> he, he, he ain't getting a farewell nothing if he's not on a team. The Knicks said had they grabbed a couple free agents, then they were they would have really considered signing Melo, but at this point they're like, you know, what's the point? And I, and I see what they're saying because they're like we could sign Melo for the vet minimum right now, get, just to give him his farewell tour. But with the roster that we've put together, even with the guys you pay big money to this offseason, Melo will come in and still think he's the superstar of that team, and you really couldn't blame sure. him. <laughs> yep. You really couldn't he's blame got, him. Yeah, I mean. But had they gotten Kyrie and, and, and Kevin Durant, then Melo would have been forced to take – that backseat role, and then you know they could have signed them just to have some Ain't extra vet presence. But. That's what they said in Houston. That's what they said in Houston. And that didn't work out. They didn't start winning until they got rid of his ass. <laughs> Yo, that's so ironic. That's crazy. Cause I, I, I really see no way possible that the way they were playing had anything to do with him. But you right. But as soon as he left, <laughs> like come on, man, they, they went, man look they went twenty straight. They won 20 straight as he rolled out. Like, come on, Kyle. Look, man, look bad, man. Y'all going to just start balling after Melo leaves. Melo stayed one more game. He'd have been balling with y'all. I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I, it's, 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 it's unfortunate, though, because, like I said, Melo's one of my favorite guys. He, like, he, 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 like, he reminds me of, like, you know, somebody that comes from where we come from. Like, I, I respect Melo. And at his, at his peak, I felt like he was one of the most gifted offensive players I've ever seen. Like he was, he was a modern day Bernard King. But right. at this point, I don't know what value he adds to any team. 
Um, it's sad though, cause it's like it's almost like you know his OG Bubba Chuck when Bubba Chuck went out of the league, it wasn't that he couldn't yeah, play no I mean, more. It's like what value? Yeah, he, he, he was always a, a big Iverson hair down to the hair and everything. He going out just like him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. I mean, he he should be on a roster. His trainer said. He's better than 60, 70% of the guys in the league right now, so it's crazy that he's not on the roster. I don't know what the percentage that was a, is. That was that was a Poma stat. Yeah, he, he definitely Poma that. And, and because I don't know what the real percentage would be because it's not really these days about being better, but the game is going to change from what, you know, Melo was great at. The game is going to change. I mean, he could be – a good spot-up shooter somewhere right now, but can Melo really do that? Like, can Melo get the rock in his hand and not put it on the floor and give you his old man moves and, you know, do that's what he does? About, like, that's what's interesting about the game of basketball to me in general, right? Being an old-ass man as I am, I've been around long enough to see the game completely change a couple times. And, you know, people like to argue about generations and could such and such play in this generation or could such and such play – and the longer I'm around watching this thing of ours, is that becomes interesting, like, talk for me. Like, I really believe the best players, the cream of the crop, could have played in any generation. But when you start right. to, like, you know, go down and you talk about the good players, I don't know. Because, like, someone with his skill set or someone who just played in the, in the post completely, how do you transition that into today's game? Like, it's a completely right. different game. Yo, and 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 for some players, they had the misfortune of being in the league in the midst of their career while it happened. Dwight Howard went from the best center in the league to somebody who begs for a job every offseason. Yeah, because yeah. would he? Or even, first of all, even, even big, he was even never that great at what he you know at, as far as his skill set, his game, but he was still the best out there. He was the best that we had. Now he could barely get a job. It's crazy to watch how some people get aged out of the game while they're Yo, still playing I the game. Believe, and I think Melo might be one of That Big Ja, if Big Ja would have got drafted in, say, like, 91, he would have been um, a perennial all-star. Right, right, <laughs> right. That's a great example. Like, some people are just in the wrong, in the wrong generation. And yeah, it, you're it's wrong real time, crazy. <laughs> I said, catch yeah, 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 yeah. See your parents about that, which is crazy. All right, let's get Tobias on the line. He probably, he probably got steam coming from his brain right now. <laughs> Tobias, what's up, man? You already got me waiting behind Ron Harper here. Uh, all right, yeah. man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Rob, anyway, Rob uh, number was on the line before we even got counted down yo, to be on the air. Yo, Rob, was Rob, with, was Rob, was on, Rob was on before me. <laughs> Rob was waiting like he, Rob like he waiting on new Jordans around here. But I I know y'all a couple of things. I hear y'all talking about the Colts from Peyton Manning and like what's his name, Andrew Luck. They talk about the bad defenses. You know the one underrated thing about their defense that people don't fit don't don't take into consideration? They had Robert Mathis on one side and Dwight Strange on the other. Meaning that when you up, they can get a stop by rushing that quarterback. Exactly, and, and and that, that, but that's that's kind of one of the points that I was alluding to. Like yeah. they built they they even built their defense around their quarterback, which is still yep. kind of like me because they're like, all right, Peyton gonna light it up early, 
So we'll get a lead, and we'll let these two dudes pin their back, back and just go after the quarterback. And then and, when and, the team started to you know, be more competitive with them, playoff time, it became a little harder to do that. Well, that's the equivalent because, of an NBA team playing an up-tempo basketball and trying to score 140 points a game, and they get in the playoffs, and someone slows the game down. down. The Patriots Patriots ate that up because the Patriots eat them up and see what happens is, like even the Chiefs last year, their secondary was awful, but they had a great front seven. So that even though the secondary is awful, they can pin their ears back and get stops. But but one thing y'all was talking about. That goes to great coaching, though, Tobias. Great coaches coaches find a way. I remember remember back in the 80s, right, when the Broncos had a high-flying, the three amigos and Sammy, the Broncos had a high-flying offense. And Bill Parcells got in the bowl and literally said, he had said in one of the press conferences, like, we can't score with them. And he came up with a scheme where they had the ball. Yo, they had one drive. I think to this day it might be the longest drive in NFL history. They had the, they had the ball in the first half for like a quarter and a half. Like, they were deliberately getting them, like, third downs and picking up the third down. They did it all the way down the field and kept the offense off the – like, it was literally coaching. Sometimes and Belichick coaches, would be coordinated. They recognize, I mean, exactly. You know what? You're absolutely right. He definitely wasn't at that staff, too. So, But that goes to scheming and coaching. When you get to those late-season games and you're talking about deep in the playoffs, that's when the coaches earn their money. Yep. And, uh, and, and that's the thing, because Belichick, Belichick shut down the K-gun. And one thing – and like but the Buffalo, and that's what and like yes. I tell people, if you, you can have the best corners in the world, you gotta rush the passer. You can have average. Let me tell you, like yeah, people talk about Tom Brady had these average wideouts, but guess what? They always had the growing the best offensive lines in football. If you have a great offensive line, it makes your receivers better. Um, yeah, there are there are a lot of teams with shiny new weapons who can't protect. If you can't protect the quarterback, it doesn't matter. They all and like. Like everybody talking about the running backs devalue, right? It ain't like the the, uh, the backup to like Zeke or Melvin Gordon. Zeke's a game changer. Todd Gurley's a game changer. He made Jared Goff from a bust to like a borderline MVP candidate. <laughs> you know when they start featuring him, Cause he could he could run, he get out there and catch. He could run, and they and they could take a five also, yard twenty pass to the house. That too, yeah. Man, Steve Van there should have been so much better if if he had. You know what the crazy part is? You made a great point about like Tom Brady, right? So people do like to talk about his weapons, but if you play at the NFL level, like you, 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 you're you're pretty good, right? Yep. And but when you have so many, so much time to get open, like even if you're going against the best D backs in the in the world, like they can only cover you for so long. You have the advantage as an offensive player, and we've we've all seen Brady like sit in the pocket and like literally wait damn near a half, a half of a, a sitcom to throw the ball. Um, so you're right. It, it's, it's, all about, it's all about that offensive line. That offensive line, and, and me, me and Austin always make the joke when we're in that show talking about, like, listen, the fat guys up front win football games. But it's the absolute truth in the passing game and the running game. Like, you know, Tom Brady's going to be able to play until he's 45 because of the fact that he hasn't really gotten beat up like that. The Super Bowl, they did lose. Is when they got pressure, when the Giants got pressure. The, the Broncos and, and your Broncos put that pressure on them. Brady was getting beat up, and uh, and I think that's when they and brought that up. Uh, the um, with the 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 Eagles, Patriots, the last two played in together, quarterback like, sack, was, and that's what I tell people. Yeah, I like the big play of that game was a sack. 
They weren't getting pressure yeah. like they were supposed to. They were scoring back and forth. But when it came down to it, one That's of the fat guys up front had to make a play. <laughs> either and, and, either, and, and, either and, and, the fat guys on the defensive side made a play or the fat guys on the offensive side didn't make a play. But either way, that always is what, you know, decides and funny, games. You know what's funny about that, Dale? I remember as a kid, like, you're watching football as a kid, you love football. But when you're a kid, you love football. You like all the uh, – all the receivers and running backs, the guys that score touchdowns, right? And you you watch the draft back in the day as a little kid, and your team would draft like an offensive lineman, and you'd be mad as hell, like because <laughs> it just wasn't fun for your team. But now, as you get older, you realize like, yo, that's where the game is won. He's like, yo, you know what? Some linemen, man. Yeah. Draft some linemen. And, and you know, y'all speaking of coaching, right? I remember that was the NFC Championship game, what the the one the Rams won the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. The Bucks shut that offense down. Too bad we had a trash quarterback and Sean King. Yeah, but anyway, and it, and it, and it overturned a, and it overturned a catch that was a catch. Bertie Manuel when that game like uh, nine to six or ten to six. Yo, it was yeah. like it was nine to six. Yeah, but you know what though? <laughs> yeah. That game actually that that game actually did make me respect the Rams even more. I'm gonna tell you why. Because y'all was smacking them in the mouth, and they when won it came an ugly down game. to it, they yeah they they actually fought. They showed a little bit of heart in that game. I was like, okay, so they not soft. Because the thing with them all season is they're, they're scoring all these points, but they're soft. When somebody smacks them in the mouth, they're not going to know how to act. And y'all were smacking them mm. in the mouth, but they got yeah, the that game. And they, need that, what, they got that one drive, and that one drive, they put it together. I was like, okay. They got a little, they got a little and heart. And I touched on these things before y'all go and everything. I know Dev was talking about, like, y'all talking about, like, the all them dudes jacking up threes and, uh, and like, Trey Young. And I'm glad Trey Young realized about the mid-range jumper. The mid-range jumper won Finals MVP and held three teams hostage in free agency. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, when you watch Portland against Denver, that game seven, they was getting mid-range jumpers. The reason that San Antonio Pop even said how he's beat used to the playoffs all the time, hey, they're not going to take a mid-range jumper. We're just going to run a three-point line and make them take a layup against Tim Duncan. <laughs> you know? Hey, and, uh, Tobias, I got a question for you. You think that people are going to start um, sitting out with low management on the playground? When does that come to the playground? Hey, I th- hey, I'm just waiting for it to come to the All Star game because they haven't low managed the All Star game yet. Though that's all I got to say. Uh, they <laughs> you know, and, and you know the thing is though, the mid range shot. Golden State takes so much, so many mid range jumpers. You know, and that's and people miss on that stuff. They don't look at the, the games. They just see highlights and say, oh, Steph Curry made all these threes. But what about the um, moving about the ball Steph does? What about the um, mid-range jumpers he and Clay does? Clay, Clay is a great player. He can post up, too. And, uh, and, they, and they move so well about the ball as well. And, I, and Clay Thompson's post-up ability is great as well. That's why I've always criticized LeBron because, dude, you, you built like Carl Malone with passive skills like Magic. You could pass out the post like Mark Jackson used to or Gary Payton and accentuate that passing ability. And, and, and you know, I, I just think that with these analytics, these players are shorting themselves on their abilities because the mid-range jumper one, many of your greatest players ever uh, took the mid-range. And even LeBron was saying it. You got to get a bucket sometimes. Damn the computer. Yeah. All right. You know, it is what it is. I said it before I run. I don't care. Nobody said I saw that Anthony Davis interview. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. I think he was happy Kawhi didn't sign because Anthony Davis would become Ryan Anderson, Chris Bosh, and Kevin Love. I think he was happy mm-hmm. as a pig and slop. But you yeah. got to take it easy. 
yeah. I, I think he probably happy about that too. <laughs> he definitely was because it would have got real crowded down there. And and as talented as he is, I can't see him being anybody's third option. Like, come on, man. I agree, but I think that if it was Kawhi, it's a little bit different because Kawhi don't. I I think Anthony Davis like likes to like, uh, even though he doesn't seem like it uh, initially, but I think he likes the whole Hollywood thing. And Kawhi is so like not that that I don't think that would have gotten his way. Kawhi don't even want to. Kawhi probably going to defer to um Paul George. (laughs) Yeah, let him do all the media stuff. (laughs) <laughs> um, all right, so real quick, stat of the week. This is about Tom Brady. We just talked about Tom Brady. This is something I saw. I didn't vet the numbers on this. I don't know what the truth is, but it said Tom Brady has appeared. I guess really from three on, because uh, they're probably counting season two, because he started. You know, once uh, uh, Bledsoe got hurt, but he didn't start that season. But anyway, they said he start he's appeared in the Super Bowl 52% of the seasons he started in the NFL. Steph Curry <laughs> is a career 43% three-point shooter. So basically what they're trying to say is Tom Brady is more likely to make it to the Super Bowl than Steph is to make a three-pointer. <laughs> That's our That's stat crazy. of the week. <laughs> That's absolutely, we'll That's that absolutely <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. Pull that up. So when you yeah, when Steph nuts. is pulling up, you're like, man, Steph got he got he got water, but I'm ready. <laughs> he has a better chance he going to the bowl this year. Yo, that is absolutely nuts. Yeah, dude, that's that's a lot. That's that's how you get spoiled. You know what I'm saying? Because it's difficult for any team to win one, and this dude is in the big game. Over half of his career as a starter. Um, quote of the week. I mean, this will take us into crazy part. So real quick, Jeff, is when you think about game. like historically speaking, like mm-hmm. that's how you think people felt about Bill Russell. I mean, right. Or 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 even Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson played twelve seasons and played in the finals nine of them. Like he literally, he literally um played in the finals seventy five percent of his career. That's crazy, and that's the thing now. That's why so many people throw around the word dynasty so easily now. Like, there's actually people clowning Eagles fans. Like, ah, that dynasty, that, that, that dynasty ended quickly. I'm like, dynasty? I mean, first of all, it does, because they didn't win again the next year doesn't mean that they can't have a dynasty. Like, the Patriots, That's true. they didn't make the playoffs yeah. the next season after they won their first bowl. I don't think it- they've only gone back-to-back one time in this whole six Super Bowl run. Did the Spurs so, ever know, go back to back? I don't think the Spurs went back to back, did they? I don't think they did. I don't think they won back to backs. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, there's no more patience either because we let, and it's not even that we let because they probably said that kind of stuff then. Because I remember people clowning the Patriots the next year. I told you it was a fluke. They didn't even make it back to the playoffs. And then, you know, Five Super Bowls, five more Super Bowls later, they're a dynasty. Same thing with the Spurs. They're a dynasty. And so people don't have the to live that out. And you know me, being an Eagles fan, I don't care about no dynasty. <laughs> I could die in peace yeah. now as a football fan. Um, quote of the week. <laughs> quote, society always wants to talk about deadbeat dads. 
Now you want to complain about dads doing too much. Get the out of here. And that was Matt Barnes on the reason of LeBron James. Something that we like Daddy Gate. Because a lot of people have been critical of LeBron James because of his quote-unquote antics at his son Bronny's AAU games. Uh, he was, and this wasn't the first time, but he put on like a dunk and the warm-ups. He was in the warm-ups with the kids, and he was dunking the ball all crazy. Um, and people are saying that he's being an attention whore. He's making everything about himself. Um, there was another scene <laughs> where Le- where Bronny got a dunk in the game, and LeBron jumped on the court and, you know, flexed his muscle while Bronny looked at him and flexed his muscle back. So what are your thoughts on this, Jimmy? Of course, you know, it's LeBron, so there's a it's a polarizing subject. There's a ton of people out here. Him, but they're yeah. here criticizing this in the first place to make anybody defend. What are your thoughts on this? Listen, man. Well, here's the thing, right? First of all, I, I thought it was a joke at first that people were actually criticizing him, and then as I sat around for a couple of days, I realized like, no, they're serious. They're really like going in on him about this. And I mean, I've been to a lot of AAU games, and I've seen dads who aren't LeBron act a whole lot worse than him. But you can't get mad at someone being excited for their kid. And the whole idea of LeBron needing attention is ridiculous. LeBron can, like, go outside and, like, throw throw a Dasani in the air and it's going to get – like, LeBron could do anything to get attention because he is LeBron. Like, but I also – I understand it. Um, you know, I, I've had someone who works for uh, the Disney-owned sports company tell me literally that LeBron James moves the needle. Anytime they talk about LeBron on their morning shows, their evening shows, their rate, their rating spike, their 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 uh tw- their social media numbers spike. So I see what's going on. They have to find a way to talk about LeBron. LeBron didn't do that, and someone else has said this. I think it was in our group chat. I think it was uh Savad. Oh, pardon me if it wasn't him, but said that if LeBron doesn't say it, now maybe it was Hank. It was Hank. If LeBron doesn't do anything at all. That's the story. Either way, they were going to talk about it. They were going to say LeBron takes things too serious. Look look at how he's acting at his son's game. So either way, they were going to talk about him. They were going to make him the story. Like, you know, was he drawn? Absolutely he was drawn. But I guarantee you that if, if Chase got a dunk in the game, you would lose it. Oh, I, I, I'm already, you know, his, his biggest fan. And not until the moments where either somebody that I'm with um, is recording or, you know, another one of dads that I'm cool with is recording their son. Or if I'm recording a clip and something happens, like, I don't even know that I say the stuff that I end up saying until I look back at these videos. And some of that stuff might be inappropriate at, like, a seven-year-old game. Like, you're not I've supposed heard, to I've show up to the team. Bro, you know what I'm saying? And I'll say something like, oh, God, he's ankles. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that to a seven-year-old. You know what I mean? I, 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 yo, I've heard myself on tape like, like saying stuff like Chase, now get him, break his ankle, <laughs> like he can't guard you. Like you're not really supposed to say that stuff at a seven-year-old game. Um, which is why you know there was a bunch of you know almost fisticuffs <laughs> that happen at these young games because people don't like you to talk to their kids or about their kids like that. This is high school. This is different. LeBron is one of the most famous people on the planet. While everybody's complaining about his dunk play and the layup line, the kids that he's doing the layup lines with, you know, some of them who, you know, are not going to be Bronny and get to the NBA, this is going to be the highlight of their lives. 
the kids on the other side, even the kids on the opposing team, it's going to be the highlight of their lives. Like we sit around now and talk about stuff that happened in our high school games. Can you imagine we've been like, yo, you remember how Michael Jordan was, was in the layup dog. line down on the other side, dunking the ball? Dog. And yo, that I was crazy. We would brag about dog, that. I'd have had a, I told him, I, I would have had a hash, hashtag TBT every two weeks would have been about that time Mike was in the layup line with us. Like, who, right, who are you so, guys kidding? And the funny thing is, that some of the, like the one kid who got the alley-oop when Brian lost it and lost his shoe, like, he right. was actually on Twitter saying, like, you know, they love it. He said they're in their group chat, like, yo, you, you hope Bron comes. Like, he said that they're absolutely, they absolutely love it. The people in the stands said they love it. So it's like everybody's happy, but it's, it's like you said yo, before, man, we have to, like, make something out of nothing, man. The people in the stands, and I'm sure it's, you know, five or six dudes in the stands looking at him with the ice grill, like, look at this, dude, trying to get all the attention. I'm sure there's some dudes up there, you know, some Kobe fans, some Mike fans. <laughs> you know, in the crowd, ah. acting like that. But these fans are so lucky because, I, you know, when I first started thinking about this, I was like, yo, these people, you know, you get to see LeBron for free where it costs $100. Now, I had, I had to ease up off that because none of these AAU games be free. So for, for maybe 10 maybe $20, or maybe, you know, a good 50 for the whole weekend if it's a tournament, like you get to see LeBron James up and up close and personal. Um you know, he even goes onto the court and puts on a dunk display for you. So, like, come on, there's nothing more that you can ask. And I'm like, I agree. Yeah, he'd be drawn, but that's what kind of pop he is. I mean, you also have to look yeah. at his background. LeBron didn't have a dad in his life to be like this. So maybe he's changed mode. He's, you know, he's 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 just trying to change the narrative of his family tree. He's trying to be. His son's number one fan, like let him it's, it's, be. It's so, this is so nutty to me because and I guess this is another time my age is showing. I remember literally coming up and there being like a negative connotation with the NBA father. I remember Sports Illustrated did an article that said like, "Where's Daddy?" and they interviewed like all these different like um, players, like wives and kids about like their fathers not being there. Like, that was a real thing back in, like, the 80s and 90s. Um, and now, like, the whole narrative is changing. The crazy part about it is a lot of that, believe it or not, goes back to AI. When AI first started bringing his kids out to the podium and he started that movement mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. people follow suit, now you see Westbrook playing with his kid before the game. You see Bronny and his kid. You see D-Wade with his kid. Like, AI is the one that, like, you know, pioneered a lot of that. And he damn sure he, did. Like, now the kids are now, just like the kids are celebrities now because you know their names. Yeah, they start talking on the microphone. AI Jason kids just have more discipline. So you know the new damn press conference. Yeah, <laughs> Jason Kidd and his big head ass son. Like you remember, you remember these things. And the thing is, grown man. The thing is, like they they change the narrative of what it means to be an NBA father. Like. Like, these dudes are, are active, like, you know, even if it's just for the camera. The fact is they're showing something different than what was shown back when I was coming up. When I was coming up, if your pop was an NBA, then, you know, you, you probably didn't even know him. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they, they're kind of changing this whole narrative. So I, I think this is, like, a bit much. Like, it's a, it's, it's cra- it, to me, it's actually crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know, that's just yeah, my opinion on it. Now the the only thing, if there's one thing I'm gonna say, is if it, first of all, if, if it wasn't LeBron James, like 
we wouldn't even know about this. I mean, it's, it, he's famous. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. uber famous. So, and, and but but the one thing, a lot of it wouldn't like they're not going to let you and I onto the court with our son to play in the the layup line. They're gonna not. They're not going to let us run onto the court and flex when yeah. <laughs> when our son gets a dunk. That's the only difference. But that's the that's the perks of being LeBron James. <laughs> like he's Absolutely. earned that in this world of celebrity worship. He can do some things that we wouldn't be able to do. I probably would have got escorted out of the game had <laughs> I jumped onto the court for layup lines. Or I probably would have got escorted out if I jumped onto the court after a dunk. But I ain't going to tell you all if it ever comes to that one day. I'm not going to tell you that it wouldn't happen. I'd jump I've up now. I've seen high school games. I've seen high school games where cats like, you know, superstars or what have you are playing and cats run on the court with something. I remember watching the game in, 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 with the <laughs> Especially Wagner, AAU. With Especially AAU. You know, when DeJuan Wagner, when DeJuan Wagner was coming up and he was giving out all kinds of buckets and making certain moves and like they have to like stop the game because family and friends running the court <laughs> going crazy. Like that was, but none of none of them were as popular as say LeBron. But that's just something that happens, man. Yeah. I'm saying leave that man alone, man. Let that dude be a dad to his kid. Um, it's all right. It's not that serious. All right, so before we get into these quick, we got to go quick with these grind topics. Y'all can check out the website at warroomsports.com. While you're there, take your time, look around, just just browse, see everything that we have to offer, everything that we're doing as a company. Um, but if you want to get in on the conversation now, shout out to Neil, shout out to Skyview in the chat room. You can get in there with those guys, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Uh, if you don't have a profile, you can get a free one, or you can just sign into your Facebook and Twitter accounts. But make sure you click follow so you can get updates and reminders about this show every week. Uh, so if you want to holler at us, of course, that number, 323-410-0012, press 1 when prompted. If you already listen from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. What happened this week, Jim, while everybody was on the grind, while Trump was letting yes, his sir. Twitter hands go? <laughs> while you were on the grind, is brought to you by Sports the Book. The bottom line is the greatest sports book ever written. And if you want to participate in this movement, you go to sportsthebook.com or go to our hub at warrensports.com. That's the bottom line because Stone Cold says so. But what happened while you were on the ground? I've been promoting Sports the Book this week, man. Because the conversations and our social media platforms be bringing me to wanting people to just have a better perspective on life and sports. (laughs) Like, y'all got to do better. Someone told me at the joint I did this past weekend, man, like, yo, Table of Gods is the greatest thing ever. I was like, yeah, that might be my um, my life's work. Right. I might end up being known for that. Everything else I do in life, no. I might be known for Table of But, yo. I, I, I literally told I told your man, Court, to go get the book probably yesterday because I'm so hey, tired Court, of the man. goat posts. Hold Stop on, with on, the goat on. posts, Court. man. I was like, look, hey, man, Court, it ain't man. no goat. Go read Sports the Book, man. Ain't no goat. I'm disappointed in you, Court. <laughs> you support what we do, man, but how you don't have a book yet, Court? You should be ashamed of yourself, man. <laughs> anyway, um, listen, man, um, this, this story right here is crazy to me, man. A case was dismissed against a 10-year-old who was originally charged with assault over a dodgeball game. A man got charged with assault over a dodgeball game. He um, smacked a black kid, smacked a white kid in the face with a ball. See, I've heard different things, though. I kind of I saw a story today 
where they were kind of saying the whole dodgeball angle was kind of being hyped, siced, if you will. Um, shout out to the D.C. area. Um, I forgot the name of the game that they said the kids were actually playing, but they I read that, you know, hitting people with the ball wasn't a part of it. But then on every other story I said, they went with the dodgeball angle. Even the, the kid's mom, who was, uh, you know, the kid that was charged with assault, she kept bringing up the dodgeball angle. Um, so I don't know. she said his, her son is not a criminal. If every child that played the game of dodgeball and threw a dodgeball at another kid was thrown in jail, the vast majority of our country would be behind bars. The only thing my son is guilty of is being a black boy. Let me say this real quick, Jen. Because, it, you know, they could have been playing dodgeball. But let's not all front, like, back in the day, school, camp, it wasn't always that bigger kid, that strong-ass bully, who even when the game was over, or even when the game was going on, like, was aiming with all his might at your head when that's really not, you know, what the game was about. I could probably see something like that being a part of this because they said he did it he did it before. So this is probably like something that happened before, the kid probably can't defend himself. So they brought the police into it. Now, these charges, felony assault for that? Like no. You know what I'm saying? Let the school handle this. And not even anything no. crazy. All right, you can't go to recess tomorrow or you get a detention or something like that. All I'm going to say is this. All I'm going <laughs> to say is this, right? For our listeners who who may not know, like me, me and Devin have known each other pretty much our whole lives. Me and Devin went to like kindergarten through like high school together. <laughs> and the one thing I can say is this because you got to keep it real for a second. When we used to be in like elementary school, and uh, now granted, it wasn't a white kid's day because he went to all black private school, you know what I'm saying? Power to the people. Power to the people. But, um, <laughs> but yo, but the fact is, when we played the game, which is known in the Philadelphia area as suicide, we used to try to take <laughs> each other's heads off. And I don't know if cats know what that is, right? So it's supposed to be a long wall. You have a tennis ball. You throw it up against the wall. You try to catch it. But if you touch the ball and it drops, you got to run to the wall and say suicide. But the people would get a chance to hum the ball at you. We would try to decapitate. So we would try to decapitate each other. First of all, we had no coof, and every time I look back on our childhood, I'm, like, more convinced that our parents didn't give a damn about us. We we did that, which was crazy. Dodgeball games back in the day were crazy. But like I said, you always had that kid, that that rogue kid, you know, even if the dodgeball game, you know, somebody could call a timeout or something, and people could be talking, and he going to hum the ball to somebody's head. Actually, seeing a dodgeball hit somebody's head is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, though, because it makes that sound. <laughs> it it makes that hollow sound, like, boom. <laughs> so that's actually hilarious. This whole thing probably was funny as hell. But then, you know, the little white boy probably started crying and made it serious. They then went and got the cops. Um, you know how yeah. they do. Um, but not only did we play suicide that, that Jimmy just told you about, we played tackle football. In a parking lot with no grass, just a, you know, blacktop. We played tackle football every day. Um, a lot of that was kill the carrier, where that's just as bad yeah. because you throw the ball up, one person get it, and 12 other people are trying to tackle one person on concrete. And we wore uniforms. So we were out there in uniforms, yeah. full blazers, not just, not, not, not just pants and a shirt like they wear now. We wore yeah. blazers. 
We were out there tackling each other on the concrete and playing suicide, humming tennis balls in people's heads. So, yeah. Yo, it's funny know. because people play these games in different areas, and they always call something different. Like, like the game where you throw the ball up, whoever gets it. Like, I've heard people refer to that in, like, 18 different ways. It's called different things. Killer man. I've heard all kinds of names for it. But, right. Um, killer man, killer carrier. Yeah. Um, suicide shoot. is crazy because, first of all, you're playing a game called suicide. Like, Yo, think about that. You're playing a game called Suicide, but we used to try to take <laughs> each other's hands off. And I'm sitting there now as an adult, like, yeah, we probably all gave each other CTE. But uh-huh. the fact of the matter is, uh, you're a kid, you do dumb stuff. Um, I don't know if the cops got to be involved. <laughs> That's what's crazy to me. We used to, to play basketball. We used to play basketball on electrical wires. <laughs> like, there'd, there'd be telephone wires behind the row houses in Philly. Yeah. Probably, probably. What do you think? Three, four inches away from the wall, that turned yep. into a hoop. You play with a tennis ball. You're playing basketball with a tennis ball, and you're trying to throw the ball in between the wall and the, the phone wire. We, yeah, yeah. like, but, uh, it, it, so we sound, thinking back then, we sound mad poor, right? <laughs> we can't go get a, we can't get a hoop. Like, we playing wall Listen, ball. Man, and, it is it is what it is, man. But I, I, it's funny because with this story, right, I'm glad that everything, like, you know, he didn't get charged or what have you, although he's probably scarred for the rest of his life. Um, but, like, you know, there's always sometimes those people that call the cops too when the cops just don't need to be called, like the cats that do playing yeah. LA Fitness and get That's fouled ridiculous. too hard. Remember the boy yeah. LA Fitness got fouled too hard and straight called the police? Like, yo, mm-hmm. boy fouled. <laughs> and then sat out there and argued with, like, yo. Yeah, yeah, it's, stuff, it's getting ridiculous, man. It's definitely getting ridiculous. And then, you know, I gave you, I gave everybody a story, or could have been type story, just because we've seen dudes like that. But this could have been a, a joint where they were really playing dodgeball and the dude is just too slow. And when you yeah. try to duck, that's your fault, really. <laughs> if you're trying to duck and dodgeball and the ball hits you in your head or your upper extremity, that's your fault for trying to duck. So That joint said, boom. You know that. Yo, that sound was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that sound was so crazy. Oh man! But Real yeah. Quick, so how about this other story? This uh, Texas man accused the Cowboys of police cover-up regarding a car accident with Ezekiel Elliott. This is a crazy story. Um, I yeah, think they, you this know, was back in news, 2017. Like, yeah, but that's what teams <laughs> supposed to do. They supposed to look out for their players. If they didn't try to that? cover it up. That get him a bad rap, like you know, it is what it is. Right? How you gonna get a free agent if you don't try to cover up this car accident? <laughs> like, come on, man! I expect people to sign with the Cowboys. So apparently Zeke was speeding, trying to get to um, the practice facility right before their playoff game against the Packers in 2017. They said he sideswiped this dude so hard that their cars got stuck together, and the tow no. truck had to come pry the cars <laughs> away from each other. So they told dude. The, the like his running backs coach drove out to the scene, told the homie, Dallas Cowboys are gonna take care of all of this, and they basically Equifaxed him, they burnt him. So now, originally he was suing Zeke for a million, but now he got the whole Cowboys involved and he going for twenty million. So look, Cowboys did the right thing. You at least they promised the right thing. You cover up for your players, yeah, but you can't. And then, dude, you you're doing the right thing. Go out there and try to get you a money grab. Everybody doing the right yeah. thing, as far as I'm concerned. My thing is though, like I, you did the right thing as a cowboy, but you can't ask bet nobody when your man is clearly in violation. You got to pay that tab, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely. To, yeah, but that, but, but remember, Jim, 
I said the running backs coach. So he probably didn't even have the power to make that promise. He yeah, probably went back too. to the office, and Jerry's like, man, if you don't get the f- out of here with that. <laughs> he, he, he probably asked him, like, what's your name again? Like, man, if you don't go ahead with that. No, he probably told him, like, uh, I, t- I told him we'll cover it, Jerry. He's like, why you do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, if Yo, you don't go ahead. Yeah, he's yeah. out of control, man. Out of control, man. Listen, man, um, it, it would have – and I should call this section the hashtag what a time to be alive section. A 16-year-old Fortnite World Cup champion has won over $3 million by winning the, uh, the World Championship in Fortnite. Crazy, Crazy. part about this is, <laughs> what I read, the person that came in second place got a mil, and the person in third place got like 900 k So it's like, yo, see, see this, has eaten. this story is relevant here in, in the war room because Jimmy's always telling me to ease up on my son. Because he's always on YouTube watching these virgin nerds in their mom's basement, you know, just play games all day. And Jimmy's telling me, you know, how much money is in this stuff these days. But it's still, it's like one of those things where even with the money being involved, it's just, ah, it's just I'm just, Yo. first of all, my level of maturity will never, you know, my, it'll never be to a level where Listen, man. I don't make fun of dudes like that. Here's but the thing, right? Cash now. Part, they just they just nerds listen. with money now, but that's a lot of here's money. The thing, here's the thing for our listening. Every all of us at some point are part of the get off our lawn gang, but Dev is the president, CEO, <laughs> and like Dev is the supreme get off my lawn gang. What I recognize <laughs> about esports, and it's gonna be I'm, weird to see how we trade, like how long we do this war room thing. It's gonna be hilarious because if we if we do this in the, we're late late fifties sixties, it's gonna be funny because. The sports world is changing to the point where esports is becoming like a legitimate thing. I know that sounds crazy. I know. Even we're going to have to talk day. about it. We're going to have to cover this stuff. Yo, it's going to sound crazy <laughs> even to this day, but I remember people saying MMA is a, is a French sport. It's not legitimate. And now, you know, it is what it is. But the money, put it like this when you see guys like Robert Kraft invest millions of dollars into the infrastructure of esports, you know that, all right, they're seeing something. So the money is as high as it is. Like, people are like taking this stuff legitimate. There's teams, there's there's travel teams, there's tournaments. They're going to get a bananas television contract. Watch. I'm just pissed because all the time I spent playing Metroid and all that, I can't, you know, I ain't going to make no bread. down for it. All we did was lose brain cells. They up here getting bread. Yeah, I I lost (laughs) half my brain cells. Metroid was hard to beat, man. That took a lot of time and precision. (laughs) My mom's saying, you're going to ruin the TV (laughs) with that video game system. Like, huh? Yo, shout out to the boy. Shout out to the boy. Yo, shout out to the boy. Kurt used to live on my block, man. I remember one time in his crib, his mom was like, "Look, either y'all gonna watch TV or play the game, but y'all can't run my electricity up and do both." I'm like, "So how are we supposed to play the game without the TV, though?" Without the TV. <laughs> like, what sense what, what is like, that? Parents used to say anything to try to get us off the game. Like they will say anything they? to try to get us off. Did the they? Game. But now uh, times are changing, man. Times are definitely changing, man. So. We're going to keep keep uh, following this and see how much bread is out there, man. Free Chase, man. Let Chase make his YouTube channel and get that bread, man. Uh, when Chase I, when I started you. the show, he was he was, he was was at home playing. Matter of fact, they got a joint now. I, did, I haven't even looked at it yet, but he got Mario Maker 2, where you can make your own Mario levels and then play the joint. So I'm like... Mm-hmm. I hope it's not simple. I hope they're teaching him how to code or some something like that. Like, Dog. And, and you know, it's crazy because, to me, that was probably Google's smartest decision was buying YouTube because the next generation, 
they don't even care about TV. I know. I, and here's the funny thing, right? So, um, and shout out to everybody in Philly because we're we giving our free camp starting this Sunday. So bring all your kids to our free finance camp. If you don't know what it's about, just uh, inbox me. But anyway, and during that camp, I learned, I learned a lot about, like, the behavior of children, right? So I watch a lot of YouTube. Like, I watch a lot of YouTube. And, you know, you can look at your phone and see how much time you spent on YouTube. <laughs> so sometimes I, I joke with some of the kids in our camp, right? And I look at their their phone, and it's like, yo, like, when do you sleep? But you they be averaging you like twelve hours a day, like twelve, fifteen, twenty hours a day on YouTube. Like, well, you also know on most phones, YouTube will keep playing in the background, so they probably just exactly. always got it on. Like, and I'm like, yo, how crazy is that? So like, it's just a technology. We always talk about how social media has changed sports, but technology in general has changed culture to the point where, man, you know, millions yeah. are made on YouTube. But anyway. Um, no, of, uh, I mean, I got right? I got two three year olds, and now an eight year old. They don't watch anything except for YouTube and Netflix. That's all they watch. Which yeah, and streaming, that, and that, streaming at games. that young age, you know, they already know how to work the stuff, and you don't know how they know how, but they do. Like, yeah. like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, they don't care they about traditional TV. Right, they know the logo. Yeah. One of my daughters, Eva, her thing is anybody who comes to the house. She's confiscating your phone. She's looking for the YouTube logo. She's hitting it, and she's watching YouTube on your phone. Dog, shout out to Eva, yo. Eva's the boss of the crib. I remember you saying that, but it, having it, having <laughs> but it for a weekend. Yeah, I yo, I saw, you it. saw it. Yo, she's definitely, she's, she's boss, baby. But um, she, conf- she confiscates phones. She told Monica what she could and could not wear in the house. Yo, she's a straight gangster, yo. Your daughter, your daughter's a G. But um, she's scared. Of, but she's scared of Scar. She told Monica she gotta take that Lion King shirt off. You gotta take that off. <laughs> yo, um, yo. But speaking of like technology, right? So one of the things about technology is gambling. Gambling is you know is 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 is, is rampant. You know, go to mybookie.ag and use use our code. But listen to this bet that was just placed. Somebody placed a massive bet on the Sixers playoff chain, a six-figure bet. And from my understanding, when I was reading a um, couple articles, that all they're looking to win is two grand. Yo, first, huh? man, <laughs> I'm looking huh? at this right now. This story, yeah, this is not his first time. They never released his name, but the casino confirmed that this is the same person who made a huge bet on the Golden State Warriors last year. Remember, people, Jimmy didn't say to win the finals, to get to the finals. He is placing six-figure bets on a team making the playoffs. Like, duh, the Sixers are going to make the playoffs. Like, come on, dude. Like, the their plane got to crash, and they got to play with scab replacement players for them at this point to not make the playoffs in the East. A $100,000 bet, $100,500 bet on the Sixers to make the playoffs at a minus 5,000 odds. He's going to make $2,010. Now, last season, he did the same thing with the Warriors. He placed a $67,000 bet that they would make the playoffs, and he won $670. <laughs> Dog, Yo, you're, you're talking about getting you're getting 2% of your money. You can literally sit your money in, in an ally account and make more than that. <laughs> Dude, you know even, what this listen, is, though? I'm not even, I'm not even this talking is about a investing cat. it. Like, you, this is a cat with new money. He got a little bit of money. 
He wants to go to Vegas probably with his friends. He's probably young. He goes there and wants to look like he's throwing around money. I'm going to throw $100,000 on something. Or Pick something with the easiest odds in the world. And and the people he's with probably didn't know what he stood to win, but now that it's all over the news, like they probably like, oh, look at this cat. (laughs) <laughs> I just thought about I just thought about something else. I just thought about something else. Maybe he's a little genius, right? Maybe you know how when you when you gamble at a casino when you use your like loyalty cards and all that, they measure it by the amount of money that you by gamble. the amount of money you spend. Oh, so he maybe do he figured out a way to at the casino. Yeah, so free maybe meals, he got money to sit aside. Oh, maybe he figured that out. Maybe he's Yo. smarter than we think. He's like, look, I'm not gonna lose my money, but I'm gonna live like a, a, a first class in a in the casino for the rest of the year. Maybe yeah, he's I, I, I don't. Think. I don't know how casinos work because I've never been a gambling dude. I don't know, you know, how they're insured. I don't know, if the, you know, I I just don't know how everything works. But I'm not trying to give away a hundred. I'm not trying to hand another person a hundred thousand dollars of my money. If in nine months from now I only stand to make two thousand dollars, what if this casino burned down? Are they insured with the FDIC? Like, like, how does well, this work? Well, Am I gonna get my yeah, money back from this bet, or is my ticket gonna burn up and they gonna act like they never, you know? Well, the reason casinos never burn down, casinos always win. Like, you can't beat the casinos. Like, <laughs> if you want to get into the analytics of it, the reason people can't beat the casinos is because no one has the kind of money or leverage to bet enough to break a casino. Right. But with that being said, but that I that's a good reason like, to burn one down though, because you always go but there. And, I, yeah, but even the house burn, always even, wins. Even if you burn one down, as long as you have your ticket, you're good. But my point is, I was just sitting there thinking about that because I do know from you know I, I gamble at the casino playing poker, but when you have your loyalty card, they only bet it. They only measure the amount of like you know as quote unquote what they call a whale, the kind of whale you are about the amount of money that you better gamble. All right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Now, he that may have I've, I've done, you know, I, I used to play roulette a little bit. That was like the extent of my casino gambling. I would play roulette, and like you say, if you're using the card, you know, you end up getting a free buffet. <laughs> this dude probably get free yeah. rooms, penthouse suites. Every, so he probably figured out a little. Uh, he probably figured out a little little cheat code. But at the end of the day, you know, now that they're putting you out of the news, they're gonna like end yeah. that. Casinos aren't in the business of giving anything away, so you probably ruined it for a bunch of other people. This dude making bets that you can't lose. <laughs> yeah, now yeah, if you do yeah. Lose he probably, it, but he probably how salty is he gonna be if the Sixers yeah. have a bunch of injuries or something? He probably, <laughs> they don't make the playoffs. He probably, so. but he, Funny thing is, they put it out there the last two years. He probably's been doing this, and he's probably been living like in suites and all kinds of craziness. Free buffet, yo! Shout out to the Harris Buffet in Atlantic City. That uh, Harris Buffet is off the chain. The best people handle there. But, but at the same time, he's probably been taking advantage of this for years, and he probably just caught on to his system. Yeah, it's crazy. that's the only thing that makes sense. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because outside of that, you can literally put it in the Ally account and make more money than you are with this. So that's the only thing I can think of, man. So that's a crazy story right there, man. Um, yo, man. Let's just, you want to give All birthday right. shout out to him? Yeah, quick birthdays before we finish off with these few NFL stories. And uh, birthdays are brought to you by no one, so let's get right into them. Birthday shout out to the homie, Edgerin James. Edgerin James was one of my favorite running backs during yeah. his era when he was, he was uh, tough. He was tough. He was in the league. Yeah, definitely tough. Uh, gold teeth ball from He's Miami. Like, 
he's like a, <laughs> a, a, boot, a bootleg, a bootleg Marshall Falk. I, although I don't want to call him. Then they get traded for each other at one point. Yeah, it sounds disparaging, but I don't mean it that way. It's just that Marshall Falk was like you know next level, but then Edrin was like right there, but Marshall had like a, <laughs> another level. Called that boy bootleg. I mean, that's why they you know got traded for each other because they figured, all right, we can bring him here and he can do the same thing as Marshall yeah, on a lower level he, for less younger. money. <laughs> and it worked out for less, both people. It actually worked out for it worked out for both of them. Yeah, well, it ain't end up working out for Edrin because. He he gave some blood, sweat, and tears for them, and then he left right before. Yeah, they, they want a chip. They want a chip. Yeah, they want a chip without him. Because <laughs> they had what, what was the dude? They had the African running back who was all right. Oh, for they a had the border. Everybody thought he was gonna be good. Yeah, he was cute. Yeah. <laughs> he was all right for a while, and then yeah, he turned into some sauce. Um, so shout out to to Edge, Stacy Augman, talking about Classic people man. that can't shoot. But could play some defense and can and and could yep. slash Stacy Augman. Shout out to fire him. nickname though. And he's uh he's fifty one years old today. Shout out to to the plastic man. And a rest in peace birthday shout out to former heavyweight champion Trevor Burbick. Um before Mike Tyson destroyed his brain. Uh he was born was August first, nineteen fifty four. And <laughs> he died October twenty eighth. 2006, so rest in power to him. We like to give a war room yeah. salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. Salute! His his soul his soul left his body the year before that though when he fought Tyson. I thought I saw his soul leave the yeah. ring. So yeah, Tyson beat the man. <laughs> I'm telling you, that yeah. was that that pit bull Mike Tyson man. If he for for the drugs and the lifestyle and just being Mike. What could have yeah. been? I think I I don't know if a week goes by where I don't talk about what Mike Tyson could have been and should have been. I don't I don't think that Mike Tyson might be the greatest entertainer of my lifetime because like I don't know if I talk about every week what he could have been, but I think that it's not a week that goes by where but you talk about he somehow for some reason yeah even to this day his podcast is is crazy because he's Mike Tyson like and he Mike Tyson is like full um, bipolar in his podcast where he'll go from like angry to loving his guests to crying to. He goes full Which Mike is Tyson why I always said I would never, like as as big as a Mike Tyson stand as I am, I would never, ever want to be in his presence. Because, like, yeah, yeah, he goes from, like, loving you to, you know, y'all on the floor scrapping. He beat, like, him and Whack 100 Yo. rumbled at the podcast. Yeah, too <laughs> short, short had a story where he says Tupac was like that. He said, and like you know, he said he was cool with Pac, but a lot of times he didn't want to be racist because you don't know which Pac you get. And he was like, but right, the right. thing is, all all of them were him. He said Pac would have like come in and be on some like you know black empowerment. He was Revolutionary like, next day he would see him. He said next day he was like, yo, with a cigarette, he wants cigarettes, Hennessy, and some hookers. Like he's trying he to ride on his enemies. <laughs> yeah, he was like, but the thing is, regardless, whatever one he was in, he was a hundred percent that at that time. I'm right. like, yo. I wouldn't be afraid of that though, because you know I fuck Pac up. He a little dude. Well, that, well, Mike Tyson. well that's because Mike, Mike, Mike swing them hooks though. That's a different. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mike, Mike a different hooks. dude. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the vicinity when Mike turned into crazy Mike. That's why I yeah. remember, you know, some years back when we were trying to put on the full court press to try to find him and get him on our show. It definitely would have had to be, you know, a remote interview. Like I'm not sitting in the same yeah. room. Like, yeah. I would love to for a photo op, but it had to be real quick. Let's take this picture and then I'll call you. 
<laughs> and we recorded the interview I, over the phone. And I always tell the story. I met Mike Tyson one time in my life. And the crazy part is Mike was in Philly by himself in the streets. Like, and, um, but he was a, he was nice Mike that day. And he was like, no, nah, I don't know what he was doing. Cause he wasn't even like the hood. He was like in Center City, but he was just chilling. And like I was out there. This was years ago. I was with my grandmother. Well, he was like so said, nice to her. He was. I said the coke man, not the crack man. Mike smoked. That's true. Mike, Mike he could have. That's, that's true you know, too. High post that's true too. <laughs> but he was like the nice. He was I, the nicest guy that day. Like you know, he was he was talking to my grandmother. And he was like so nice to her and everything. I was like, all right, it's nice, Mike. You know. And that might be I, a thing too. Like if if you're around Mike with your grandmother, that might be safe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I just couldn't. Because I've had I've had athletes straight cuss me out and, and go full nasty to me. Like I'm, sh- right. and I mentioned in sports the book Andre Dawson. I don't like him to this day. Because <laughs> I ain't gonna front well, as much I'll, as me, you, and B. Austin are fans. Like, you know, the interview probably would have been it probably have been a lot of softballs. But I'm pretty sure we would have asked him something that would have set him off. Uh huh. <laughs> so we went from you know. All love to Tyson versus Wack. I ain't ready yeah. for that. And is, and and is it worth it these days? Because he ain't rich like he used to be. He get he getting like his, Mike. his coins back up, but he ain't what he used to be. So it ain't even like worth Mike. taking that punch. <laughs> Who was the best game you got when you was in your prime? He might have snapped. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When you were disrespecting women like that, don't talk about yams. And then <laughs> Mike starts talking. Even then, then, a, and then, a, then a woman walks by, and Mike's like, ooh, I like to get up in them yams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike, yep. you, you just tried to fight me over that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah and that's the kind of dude he was. That's the kind of dude he was. Anyway, man, real quick, let's get into I, at least a couple uh, of stories. Yeah. You know, and then you want to talk about the NFL real quick. You only got a couple minutes, and that's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Bottom line with this. If you need a website, go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. Get the hookup and get you a website. But we got to talk about at least one of these stories. I want to see how you feel about this before we get out of here. <laughs> and that's Michael Thomas. Right? I want to ask you about Michael Thomas because I don't trust a man with two first names like that. But um, he is now the highest paid wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Five years, 100 Million dollars, sixty-one million of that is guaranteed. Um, what do you think about this? Do you Great think cash, he's worthy of being the highest of being the <laughs> highest paid NFL receiver? Um, I guess the only way you can answer that is to say, like, do you think he's the best receiver in the league? I do not. But I, you know, he's somewhere in the top five. So, who in the NFL? That's how it is. If you're at the top five of your position, it's basically who gets the contract the latest. If somebody gets a contract after him, um, then it's going to be them. You know what I'm saying? I think did DeAndre Hopkins already get paid because um, did he, he get got paid one recently? A couple of years. He did, he did, but but man, he got he might have to go back to the table after this though. I'm about, I was about crazy. to say because a cat like that, like you know, I'd put DeAndre Hopkins over him. Michael Thomas has hands. I believe was it him or Hopkins? One of them, and I think it was Michael Thomas, like had zero drops last year. That's, that's like crazy. his catch radius is crazy. His hands that's are crazy. Nuts. His speed is average. Like to be a top five receiver and to get all of that money <laughs> to run like a four six, that's crazy. Yo. But it shows you that it's not all about 40 times anymore. He can run a route. His hands are ridiculous. Um, I mean, look at 
Fitzgerald. He's been one of the best receivers in the league for over a decade. Yeah. It, it, it's just what it is. Speed is always the answer. T.O. went in the Hall of Fame recently, and T.O. needs to have like three drops a game. He can't catch at all. Um, <laughs> to hear someone go a whole season without a drop is absolutely insane. Um, salute to him. But it's funny because there was a meme going around recently with a couple of different NFL receivers and asking, like, who was the best. And I don't think I've seen anyone say Michael Thomas is the best in the league. Not one person. You know what right. I'm saying? It's funny when you you know, not one person thinks you're the best. And then a lot of people, like what I, I hear when his name comes up, you know how people hold it against you because of who you play with? Like, well, you got yeah. Drew Brees throwing him the ball. It's accurate like that. He better catch him. Like, you know, you hear stuff like that all the time. Yeah. But, you know, these are human beings. Like, error is a part of being a human. And, you know, to be able to haul in damn near everything that comes your way, that's crazy. But, yeah, he's um, 26 years old, and this is an extension. <laughs> he's only set to make uh, $1.15 million in 2019. That's the final year of his rookie contract. So he's going to make $1 million this year, and then it's going to get crazy the years after that at $20 million per Man, and and the signing bonus. I don't, well, not the signing bonus, but sixty-one in guaranteed money, like you said. Listen, man, I just want to say congratulations to that brother, man, because the one thing you, when you see someone who's that skilled, right? Because he's a skilled guy. Um, he's not he's not using ultra athleticism. So what that tells me is he puts an uber amount of work. Yeah. So, so I guess <laughs> Jalen Ramsey he came to Jags camp in a Brinks truck. And Michael Thomas left in one. <laughs> Michael yeah, Thomas more got or less. his money. Yeah, you more drove up in it, and I rode away in it. Yo, real quick, real quick before we get out of here, though, um, what do you think about what's going on with the Giants, man? Like, it seems like their season is over already, and nothing's happened yet. <laughs> well, unless they got, like we, me, you, and Tobias talked about earlier, unless their offensive line and defensive lines are much improved, then they still got an opportunity to do something. But this we've seen before, just not – this early and all at once. Remember a couple years ago? I don't know because you you probably weren't even banging with football like that, but you know all the stories. How they started, yeah, yeah. you know, Odell got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. I think Shepard was there at that time. He got hurt. Like everybody started getting hurt. But now it's happening in camp. So you trade away Odell Beckham, and then the first day of camp, Corey Coleman tears his ACL. And then two days later, Sterling Shepard fractures his thumb and then two days later, Golden Tate gets popped for violating the, the NFL's PED policy. Yo, they're down to like three yeah. receivers, none of which anybody's ever heard of before, unless you're a super football purist. So, man, shout out to Eli because the receivers are claiming Eli's having a resurgence, probably because, you know, they done drafted his replacement. But yeah. he don't have nobody to throw to for a while. Yo, Eli, Eli's clapback at Odell was kind of funny, though. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> like, yo, we won some games before him, like, you know, some big games. Like, damn. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Because he did try to say, like, this team was trash for the last six years. I'm the only reason people came to the game. He said something, paraphrasing, but something along those yeah. lines. So, yeah, that clap back was inevitable. Um, yeah. Shout out to them, man. We got to get up out of this piece. Yeah, shout we out to Jerry to Jones here, for disrespecting Zeke. 
And we don't need a Russian champion in the Super Bowl. Yo, first, first you were on ass bet and not take care of him. Now you're trying to disrespect him. But anyway, thank you, brother, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter. Shout out to everybody who tried to get through. We didn't get a chance to get to you, as you can see. We just run out of time. But we appreciate the support, as always, and we definitely do. Um, listen, catch, catch us next week, man. We're going to be right back here talking everything happening in the world of sports. Follow everything we do at our hub, which is warroomsports.com, all of our social media, all of our content. Everything can be found at that hub. Again, that's warroomsports.com. Also, pick up my book, Sports to Book, at sportstobook.com or warroomsports.com. But as we say, listen, until next time, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we shall see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.